Hey, good morning to you. Happy Wednesday. It's Bruce, Judy, and Cheese. And, well, it got a little, it got a little tense, got a little heated at the Facebook congressional hearings, if you will, as I, I would say this as the whistleblower who originally we saw Sunday night on 60 Minutes. But that was quick, by the way. It's just in case you you are unclear of whether Congress can do things quickly. She's on she's on sixty minutes Sunday night. She's testifying in front of Congress on Tuesday. Yet they can't get anything done, uh, you know, over months. But they, they can when they want to. How's that? So she Where there's a will, there's a way. She testifies yesterday, uh, and I I would say this: the only people I think that are shocked by her testimony are those that just haven't been paying attention. Nothing that she said was groundbreaking or surprising. I guess it was just more surprising hearing it from someone inside the building. It's what people have been arguing about, criticizing, maybe rightfully so, not just Facebook and Instagram, but social media platforms in general. But maybe like me, she she was, uh, people weren't exactly clear on the details. Like I... I mean, I understood I've heard about this, but I didn't really understand how it did it. How was Facebook being so manipulative with kids? Uh, Francis Hogan uh, certainly argued, and you might have heard this as kind of one of the headlines, that when push came to shove, when given a choice, the programmers, the algorithm, Facebook management, whoever you want to say, would choose money over safety? So, um, again, I expect Facebook to make decisions that are in their financial best interest. I, I'm not shocked by that. Uh, if you would have said, you, so, does Facebook wake up in the morning thinking, how can I protect Bruce or how can I make money? I'm going to go, make money every time, uh, 10 times out of 10. Uh, yes, that's what they are in business to do. But she made some interesting analogies. Analogies to, uh, basically, I, what I heard her saying was a plea or a pitch for more government uh, involvement. I don't see this as comparable. That, this is where, where her and I will diverge. I, I, I do not see the Facebook platform being the same as cigarettes. Not at all. Not even close. And I'm absolutely uncomfortable with the idea of Congress, of all people, somehow regulating the content on the Internet. I don't trust them. I don't want them to do it. I don't think it's their job to do it. Um, and, And let me make an analogy. What's the difference between what she alleges Facebook does and television? Movies, radio, music. Some of it is conspiracy driven. Some of it is unhealthy. Some of it is bad body image. All of the things you can make an argument for exist in our society. That's why they exist on Facebook. It is censored though, right? There is censorship when it comes to all those things. What do you mean? Well, I mean, you can't swear. 
on TV, radio sure you TV. Can't. Well, you yeah, don't get the same channels I do. We can't swear <laughs> on the radio. No, that's not on the radio, but you certainly can. Uh, not on, on regular TV. Yeah, there's I some, don't there watch are, regular there TV. Are s- the channels I watch, they swear on. Well, okay. Like uh, sailors. Again. And nudity, by the way. It's but I mean, there I watch. is censorship. They're, they do. The government does have a hand in it, so it's not that unusual. I think yeah, what's but that's unusual... for a publicly held license, TV and radio. Facebook's not a publicly held license. That's not a, a license granted by the government. Not yet. I mean... God, let's hope not. But, you know, they, they, it's not like it's so unusual. I think the unusual thing is, it, it, again, it goes back to, this is one of those areas that I think it's it's falls on the parents it's like you're asking government to do what parents should be doing but monitoring the, your children if it's the, if that's the because like i said i it, it took me a while to understand how what, what what's happening on this on the facebook and you know twitter and it's you know it's just the it's i mean it's a matter of the kid clicking on and clicking on and clicking on and and then being of course facebook then pandering and and, and putting things into you know what I mean? Based on what you clicked on, right? Then right. Facebook jumps in with, oh, how about this? The, how about the this? algorithm and says, if you like this, you would like, like that. This. But I still am unclear how it leads children to danger. Because you're seeing the same thing every single day, every single time you're going on the app. The difference between TV and social media is TV, you know that that's not attainable to look like that or be that. Social media- Really? Social media, you see normal kids like me making money just sitting around making videos, you know? Okay, but again, but Miranda, how people is have that argued dangerous? for years that, that, that body image issues with actors or right. actresses on television and that's unattainable. And, and you know, the, the swimsuit edition for Sports Illustrated is horrible for, mm-hmm. for young girls. Like, this is not a new argument. Sports They're just arguing. I hate, I hate looking at people, yeah, but, me as an adult, because I'm like, oh my God, everyone's so beautiful. Right, but they, but they're just she's making the argument that just this unique platform is somehow uh, driving it. Instagram for the kids. Facebook is another argument because she's arguing something different for adults. I just I honestly don't know. I just feel like we need to get the kids involved in this situation and not just make it about adults figuring it out for kids. So yeah, who knows better though? The adults. Yeah, I was gonna say I don't think we should leave it up to fourteen Do year olds. They, I think well Sometimes that's what it is I now. Wonder. Isn't that what it is now? It's left up to fourteen year olds uh to surf the internet, find what they want, and right. have uh internet companies, uh, websites, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, whatever, use sophisticated computer algorithms to push content to you. Because again, right. here's here's Facebook's business model. Get you to scroll through your newsfeed. 80, 90% of their revenue comes from the ads that show up on your newsfeed. Okay? That's Facebook's business model. So the more time you spend scrolling and clicking and liking and commenting, the more money they make. (laughs) That's literally their business model. And again, I'm just, I'm unclear as to the danger to children in that. Are they. Facebook's not the children one, Instagram's more the kids one. Okay. Kids don't use Facebook. But the the argument is that if you are liking and commenting on certain things, it then just starts feeding you more of that. And your world gets narrower, 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 which is why you have people who say things like, I've never met anybody or seen a somebody would vote for Joe Biden. 
well, yeah, if your world <laughs> is Facebook and you all you do is click on, uh, you know, Trump websites, Facebook's going to make sure you never see anything about that. And, and the vice versa. I've never met a, a, a Trump voter. No, because you're on only left-leaning websites and you only click on that news. And the argument is that it's bad for our society because it makes people think, uh, you know, listen, and what, put it this way. You know what Facebook found out? She testified to this. Guess what gets more clicks? Guess what gets more views? The crazier, yeah, the, the more, more extreme, yeah. the more shocking. That's what does it. So people who are in the business of doing this create more extreme, more shocking, and you click on it, and it becomes this ball rolling downhill, which is why you get nut job conspiracy theories. It's why you get people storming the Capitol on January 6th. I mean, you get all these things because her argument is Facebook pushes you down an extreme path because their goal is just to get you to engage in it. But basically, the argument is then government needs to save people from themselves. And I'm not a fan of that. And when it comes to children, I go back again. Where are the parents? If you're hearing about this and, you, and you're hearing how awful it could be for your kids, why are they still on it? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I understand that's how the world operates now. But I just feel like in this day and age, kids, it's, it's, when, when something goes wrong, we go to the government. You, you need to do something right. here. Save me from it's, myself. Yes. You know, it's kind of almost like the violence we talk about all the time. What is what's the mayor going to do? Right. She's not she's not shooting the people. She's, she's not, not going to throw herself in front of a bullet. Yeah. yeah. It's what me. are you doing? You <laughs> have to, you know, stem it from where it starts. Yeah. Well, in that, that's I mean, everyone kind of, has a role. Don't get me wrong. Everyone has a role. But to I just ask don't, the government. government. Yeah, I, what I'm, are you going to do? Shut it down? What, what right, can you do? Ex- exactly. Or we can have a government minder deciding oh gosh, what monitoring? is uh, uh, acceptable behavior, or 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 the government determining the algorithm. I'm uh, picturing this little thing with the with the red arrow through the when circle. The when you're online, right? It doesn't let you go any further. Yeah. Uh, so while well, well, by order of the government again, anybody that's outraged or shocked by this just hasn't been paying attention. Uh, there's uh, there's a documentary on Netflix if you want to know how this works called Social Dilemma. Came out over a year ago. Mm-hmm. By the way, it's everything that she's testified to. Literally, it's yes. This is exactly how they operate. This is the business model. It's about engagement. It's about keeping you hooked on their platform. That's their business model. <laughs> I see where you're going with this. It's uh, Bruce, Judy, and Cheese. A good morning to you. And, uh, wow, we've got to... It's not exactly a heavyweight matchup. Okay, I'm going to just throw it out there. I don't know if we're at welterweight. Bantamweight, possibly. What's the lowest weight? Flyweight. Uh, Flyweight? Okay, we have a flyweight match. Uh, Your Cook County State's Attorney, Kim Fox, versus... Chicago Mayor Lightfoot. Yesterday, we had some of Mayor Lightfoot's comments where she um, decidedly took a different uh, attitude than State's Attorney Fox on whether or not the participants in the shootout in Austin that killed one person and injured two more, um, that there were no charges. This is that mutual combatant argument where they said that. I still think some of the facts of the case are amazing. And this is national news. If you're unclear, I, my friend in California was texting me last. He's a, he's a retired police officer. And he said, 
I'm trying to understand you guys. Okay? Police officers in an unrelated issue were down the street and witnessed this. Okay? Yeah. So police officers were there. There's a video that shows the incident. Two cars pulling up. Four men get out of the cars. There is a gun battle between them and a house. Three people are struck. One person killed. Nobody charged with a crime. It's fantastic. And it's become like this microcosm. It's become a meme for the city of Chicago. How ridiculous it is. So yesterday, Mayor Lightfoot was pointing out as a former prosecutor, she just didn't understand With all of this evidence, with all of what we know about this, how can you not charge anybody? State's Attorney Kim Fox, who doesn't speak that often, you don't hear about her often, fired back. So there is a part of that that's true. She's a prosecutor. You don't talk about cases. You just don't. This one rises to a level, though. But there are all it's there's always two sides to every story. So now we're now Kim Fox, isn't she sort of sounding like there's more to it? It's the, the investigation is not over. We reached out to uh, Kim Fox's office. Uh, we, we also reached out to Mayor Lightfoot. Uh, gave both of them an opportunity. Come on, exp- explain this to us. Um, we didn't get a no. We got a that we didn't get an answer. Right? Isn't an that where we yeah. didn't get an answer? Uh, Kim Fox continued. I, you, I think there's a strong argument to be made that the disservice to the community is not charging and locking up criminals. Or if you're going to do that, then not the disservice is not discussing that. Well, here's why we can't do it. So I was trying to understand it, again, from a law enforcement thing. My friend who's a cop says, he go, as, as a police officer, you drive a car up to somebody's house and start a gun battle and even if you lose that gun battle he goes i'm pretty sure i got charges on the occupants of the car he goes now as far as the resident i'm reading my text from him if you come to my house and try to shoot <laughs> through my me i'm probably going to put some lead downrange in your direction that's good cop talk right yeah he goes it makes the argument on gun control very interesting considering the chicago prosecutor basically said this is okay and he says and don't think the people won't go back to avenge the death of their buddy. Oh, yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There'll be another shootout. This, this continuing uh, cycle mm-hmm. of violence. It is. It is. I just don't understand. So there's what, sh- the pro- what State's Attorney Fox needs to explain. Why, in these cases, uh, if you're not going to charge, well, then you, you need to explain exactly why you're not charging. Agreed. Um, someone was murdered. Yeah. Murdered. Were, yep. Mutual combatant isn't, it's not good enough. That's, I don't even know what that means. Nobody knows what that means. It's a, it, did she take that from out of the Stone Ages? I mean, what is that term? Hey, Dave, you're across the border in Indiana, but you care about this as well. What, 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 would, what would you like to see happen? Okay, so Kim Fox is not charging this case right now because she doesn't want to. Plain and simple. Yeah. you got a running gun battle here with witnesses and a bunch of it on video. Correct. Everybody should have been charged with discharging a firearm in public, f- void, lack of FOID cards, whatever you At could the do minimum. to get them off the street. Yeah. While you while you do the ballistics on the weapon to see which weapon actually killed the person, 
and why you do the fingerprints and the and the a um, powder gunpowder tracings right. on people's hands to make sure people fired weapons. Who fired a who fired who a gun? Yeah. And, and on top of that, common sense dictates that the people in the car had to be the first person shooting because the people in the house wouldn't have known anybody was out there if not. I, I don't disagree. It it, it seems. Like, thank you, Dave. By the way, I, it seems relatively obvious. And again, people all over the country are looking at this. And I'm not saying laughing at Chicago. My problem is, as much as you know, I'd like to be a, a, a voice for a better Chicago, as much as we talk about the great things about Chicago, the, the awesome people, the wonderful things that are going on, this is what we are. This is Chicago. This story is the one that is plastered uh, on television and newspapers across the country as an example of just how far out of control it's gotten. Well, and this will be the defining case for mm. Fox. So ask yourself, why would she put herself out there like that? She looks so bad right now. So, again, going back to there might be another side to the story we're not seeing. Give her another few days, see what happens here. And I will tell you, this is and this is Fox pointing this out of more than, you know, 13,000 shootings that have occurred. They've only prosecuted 2,500. Right. Meaning she's saying there are no arrests. So don't blame us for not prosecuting. when We don't even have arrests. So this case well, back to the pointing what? at each other. What? Well, you you didn't investigate it well enough. Well, you didn't prosecute well, it. Well, you didn't thing, arrest right? them. Well, you one didn't, thing because yeah. we have nothing to go on. We have a lot to go on in this case. So you better come up in the next day or two with something very compelling as to why there are no charges in this case. Yeah. Uh, if nothing else, I mean, isn't shooting a gun, a gun in public Apparently not. against the law? Uh, let's start with that. Like, yeah. uh, uh, all reckless people, discharge of a fire. Reckless right. discharge. Uh, uh, brandishing. Are, are, mm-hmm. are all these people lawful uh, gun owners? I, mean, I want to I know the answer to I just tell this. you, if this happened in DuPage County or Lake County, oh, They'd yeah. be buried under They'd the be jail. $10 million bail. I mean, yeah. it would be such a different story, but it was Cook County. It's frustrating. And it's frustrating because, I would tell you this, I know Chicago is better than this story. Yeah. It's bigger than this story. It's more than this story. The problem is, we are this story right now. But no this, one's, this more, is our no story. one's more upset than Chicagoans about this. Yeah, but sadly, I, I, mean, I need Kim Fox to be as upset about it as I am, and I can't quite get her there. Though They should all be our criminals of the yeah, day, right. but I uh, I have another one for you, all right? I'm going to give a shout-out to uh, Joseph Walter of North Andover, Mass., who at least didn't have to go far after being arrested for driving under the influence. Allegedly. Walter may have been overserved and got behind the wheel of his truck at about 2 a.m. after blowing through a traffic circle. By the way, who hasn't? Those things are confusing, right? Uh, he hit a road sign, drove across the grass uh, of Village Green, and eventually slammed into a tree and a rock. But not just any tree and rock. This tree and rock are attached to the Pelham Police Department in Town Hall. <laughs> Officers inside heard a loud crash, walked out the front door of the police station, and found Joseph trying to extricate his truck from the landscaping. Walter, who was not hurt, was arrested and charged with driving under the influence. And by the looks of his booking photo, completely unfazed by it all. I posted that on Facebook. He has the biggest smile you've ever seen. (laughs)
So for picking the exact wrong building to drive into in Pelham, you, Joseph Walter, are the Bruce St. James Show. Criminal of the day, all suspects described above, should be considered innocent until found guilty in a court of law, no matter how crazy they are. Happy Wednesday. We kick off the 6 o'clock hour, taking a look at the big stories that people are talking about. And Kiesel, start it. Well, if you're thinking about heading out to Long Beach, California for a nice uh, hang on the beach yeah. for the winter uh, months, Got it. you might want to rethink it because there's uh, 144,000 gallons of crude oil that have spilled onto the beach and uh, ruined beach life and will probably be... In the midst of cleaning it up for the next uh, uh, probably six to nine months. Oh. Judy? Ick. Yeah, it's horrible looking. So uh, the FBI says a bank robber in Lombard who strapped fireworks to his body was arrested after... This should be like the criminal of the day, sorry. He was arrested after texting a photo of the cash to his wife. He said, nobody's been looking for me. WTF. <laughs> <laughs> and then there were three... Three women have now accused radio host Eric Ferguson of the Eric in the Morning Show of fostering a sexist and or hostile work environment. It's uncomfortable for us to talk about, you know, in our industry alone, but uh, he, uh, Eric, is off the air for the rest of the month. We'll see how this one continues to play out and if any more women come forward. All right. Um, so we we know right now that it is uh, the boss told us yesterday. You know it's a cold and flu season, mm-hmm. and and anytime somebody says that, and I realize I'm the only one, I think of the movie Stripes, and I think of basic training, and it's pouring outside, and the drill instructor says, you know, we're going to go for a run, <laughs> and Bill Murray <laughs> says, you know, I, I, it is the cold and flu season. <laughs> He ends up doing push-ups in the rain. So, uh, do you need a flu shot? And how concerned about a flu shot should you be if you're also getting a vaccine or the booster? Joining us right now is Dr. Simone Wilds, an infectious disease physician at South Shore Health in Weymouth, Massachusetts. Good morning, Dr. Wilds. Thanks for joining us again. Good morning, Bruce. Thanks for having me. So, um, I'm going to give you a chance uh, to convince me that I need a flu shot because, to the best of my knowledge, I've never had one. I've never gotten a flu shot. Is this the year I need a flu shot? Bruce, this is absolutely <laughs> the year you need a flu shot. Bruce, you know why? why? I don't want you to have the flu okay. and also have COVID. So we want to make sure that you are protected. So if you didn't get it last year because you didn't get the flu this year, I want to make sure that you take extra precautions and protect yourself and protect your family. If you get the flu, are you more susceptible to getting COVID? Oh, Judy, that's a great question. I can't really say that. I, I don't think we have the data to suggest that. I think what we're trying to do as much as possible is to avoid people getting co-infected, meaning having the flu and COVID at the same time, which could happen. And you can imagine, one, how sick you would be and how everyone around you might be impacted by that. Well, I'm going to guess, Dr. Wilds, and this is just my, I'm going to use common sense, and I realize I'm going to defer to you on the medical side, that if you had the flu and your immune system was compromised, you were already sick, you're at a weakened state, it could make you more vulnerable if you came into contact with, with someone who was COVID positive. 
That's absolutely correct, Bruce. You are correct. I got it right today. <laughs> yeah, you got it. Oh, I'm going to be a physician's assistant by the end of the show. Good job. Okay. I'm, yeah. But but yeah, so there is a concern, obviously. But but that goes with any illness, obviously. The flu shot, though, being something we can do. Right, and you know, a lot of people are anti. Let's say anti shots. So I am. I have been getting the flu shot for years. I'm fine, by the way. Nothing ever happens. Are there any? Are there? Is there a segment of the population that maybe shouldn't get a flu shot? Ooh. Well, you know, there is a very, very small segment, Judy, and I want to make sure I said a very small segment, and I don't want to make any broadband statements. I want to have those individuals who probably have had severe reaction to the flu speak with their doctors about, you know, why they shouldn't get the flu. Very small group. And one group that we can talk about freely is children less than six months old. That group absolutely will not get the flu shot. So, again, as adults, we have to get our flu shot to protect kids around us, but less than six months old. But other people who have certain, we call them contraindications or things that prevent them from getting it, talk to your doctor. I have a question for you. Again, Dr. Simone Wilds, infectious disease physician over at South Shore Health in Weymouth, Massachusetts, about the booster shots. Um, I was actually at the uh, uh, the CVS yesterday, and I just I I asked a question. I said, "Oh, are you guys doing the booster shots?" Yes. Uh, I go, "Who's eligible?" And she said, "Well, you have to have a oh god, why am I blinking on the, the terminology? Um, an underlying health condition, okay. basically, in order to get a." booster shot what other criteria are we looking at um those that are over 65 years old and those that work in certain professions such as like the healthcare profession what i will say bruce is that right now that is the segment of individuals that um, have been approved but there have been more studies that are going to be looking at other individuals other groups that might be eligible but right now, just that group. Along those lines, can I just say, are, are we concerned about a shortage? I remember when we first rolled this out, what was it, January, February? And we had like Group 1A and Group 1B and, you know, we had these things. And there just wasn't enough to go around. Is there a concern whatsoever as people, some people line up for boosters that, that we won't have enough to go around? We don't have that concern right now, um, but I want to make sure that I encourage those who have not yet gotten their COVID shot, even their first one, that, you know, still we have only 56% of the population in the U.S. that have gotten any COVID shots, right? So we want to encourage those who haven't even gotten their first shot to go ahead and get that because we are still in the midst of the pandemic and we want to make sure that we get as many people vaccinated as quickly as we can. So that booster is a Pfizer booster. What if you had the Moderna, the two courses of Moderna? Can you then get the Pfizer booster? Right now, Judy, we are not giving any boosters from Moderna or Johnson & Johnson because they're still looking at the data for that. I'm expecting that we're going to have some information real soon. But right now, there is no approval for giving the Moderna or the Johnson & Johnson booster. So, but just to be clear, if you've had the Moderna or Johnson & Johnson, you cannot right at this moment get the booster by any means. That is correct. Okay. You cannot get the booster. Just mm-hmm. you can. Right. Thank you so much, uh, Dr. Wilds. I, we appreciate your time this morning. 
Thank you so much for having me. And get your flu and COVID vaccine together yeah. at the same time. That's perfectly fine. Okay. Well, there, there you have it from Dr. Simone Wilds. I can't wait for physician. two shots. Not one, oh, but two. Oh, God. I'm, I'm still... I've just never gotten flu shots. It's just not something I've ever been well, in the I, I, habit of doing. You I'm know? not a doctor, but I will play one on the radio. Um, I feel like if you don't suffer a lot from the flu, then... That's probably why you haven't gotten one. Yeah. I, on the other hand, have, you know, I've had pneumonia because I let the flu get uh, go on and on. And, mm. and I've had the flu and I hate the flu. And so I do get the flu shot and it does help. I, I can tell like you vacation. it helps. It's like a vacation. I get to lie around in bed. <laughs> I get to take NyQuil. It's Oh, oh no, the flu's bad. Really? Yeah. You get the flu. Well, I feel like crap all the time. So, uh, you know, oh, and sometimes yeah. like the flu, I'm like, I actually feel a little better today. <laughs> Mm. <laughs> I don't know. And by the and when it gets into pneumonia, yeah, that's Ooh, when you. Yeah. And then you get pee pneumonia, and then yeah. you get double pee pneumonia, and Ooh. that's the worst and out sometimes there. Sometimes you die. So who's Jewish and who's not Jewish? Well, um, I find it an, an. If I'm blind to this, then I'm blind to it. Sarah Silverman, actress, comedian, um, has a podcast. Well. Let's be honest. Everybody on the planet has yeah. a podcast at this point. It's almost redundant. Um, and she believes there is a problem in Hollywood. A problem regarding Jewish actors and a- actresses. But at the same time, a problem of non-Jewish actors and actresses. I'm going to let Sarah, in her own words, describe... Her, oh, we don't have it? Not yet. Okay. Uh, she, there's a, a new miniseries coming up. Okay? It's on Joan Rivers. Okay? Comedian. I forgot actress. who's playing her, who they got to play her. Uh, yeah. Catherine Hahn is the, as the actress, you'd probably recognize her face. Um, she... I think she's an excellent actress. She's I don't recognize the name, but the face rings a bell. <laughs> so she's going to play Joan Rivers. Okay. Sarah Silverman's issue is that actress Catherine Hahn is not Jewish, and Joan Rivers was. Not only that, I think she's even saying she's Catholic and she's playing. Even worse, apparently. I mean, I, but. So what? No Jewish actresses or actors can ever play a ca- anyone who's Catholic. Well, isn't that the argument? Yeah, then the flip ridiculous. side is that Sarah Silverman couldn't shouldn't be cast to play anyone who isn't Jewish. Like, is that her argument? Yeah, it's weird. if the flip side, if the inverse yeah, is the same, it's got to be right. If you can't play, if that's what she's saying, or just maybe what she's saying more so is that. When you have a, a someone like Joan Rivers, a, you know, a, such a well-known, you know, big character, and then you you cast someone a Catholic instead of a Jewish person, it's it happens all the time. Like, and possibly I it's because I'm I don't even know who's Jewish and who's Catholic. I but, was going to say I, I'm the least religious person in the room. Yeah. And, and by the way, we're talking about religions, right? Not right. Not is she calls a Jew race. Face? Yeah. Not not. Right. Which I think is so offensive to me. Right. I'm not even Jewish. I don't want to hear that term. Jew- it's not- well, it's like I mean, Muslim. I- it's like, what, you, you'd have to be Muslim to play a Muslim character? Well, that Apparently. Is a, that's, a, that's yes. a religion. It's a choice you right. you make. Um, she, she points out that, uh, what, Felicity Jones played Ruth Bader Ginsburg, 
who, did, by the way, did a great job playing Ruth mm-hmm. Bader Ginsburg, but she's not Jewish. Yeah. Okay. I just, let's why start, are you finding let's this? Let's start at the bottom. Acting. Okay. When you're an actor mm-hmm. and you get a role, Got you it. act. What does anything else have to do with the religion? It? Yeah. And, yeah. And this whole new movement I find in Hollywood where you have to kind of look like the person now. Okay. I guess maybe it helps, but that bothers me a little bit. It bothers me when I go see a movie and they've chosen someone for the main character, if it's based on a true story, say, who really looks like that character. Mm. I, you but know, if they because- don't look anything like a character you know, it's kind of distracting. Let's use the um, Freddie Mercury. Oh, Rami Malek. Rami Malek played the actor, played Freddie Mercury, and he even has like the teeth. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Oh, I thought those were fake. Don't tell me those are his real teeth. No, those, those are his real, real teeth. teeth. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I, found, I just found that out. I think that's too. how he wow. got the gig. Just, okay, see, they now saw that his teeth and me. That okay. would really bugged me if I had known that. Why he had a little movie. bit of a, a work done, but he does have some pretty big chompers yeah. out front. So, let, let me continue this. As far as I know, Rami Malek is not gay. Should he be able to play a gay rock star he also wasn't a rock star should he be able to play a a gay icon of which freddie mercury was and he isn't gay like where do you draw that line at what point is it not make sense yeah, anymore that same argument how about modern family the the, the two gay guys in modern family the I, one who actually isn't one gay, is gay one is one is gay right the one who isn't God, i love him i love his character he's he he says he bases it on his mom's behaviors but the point being is... But he's not gay and he plays a gay character. Yeah, and the idea that that non-Jews can't play Jewish characters, like, why are we why are we drawing that line? Yeah. But again, she calls it Jew-face because she says these some of these actors or actresses, they kind of look Jewish, which in and of itself is an issue. Oh, my God. And I'm like, wait a minute. I, you know, what? why are we going down this path? It strikes me as something that is is. Did she want the role? Is this what it's all about? Because I no don't. Way she I don't was think Sarah looks Jewish. Yeah. I don't yeah, think no. she looks Jewish enough. Sarah Silverman doesn't look Jewish enough. I don't really believe that, but I'm just saying it. Well, That's how ridiculous the argument is. Right? Not Jewish enough. Too Jewish. You know, Jew face. It's stupid. I mean, you're actors. I suppo- Act like it. I suppose you have an argument. It makes me uncomfortable. I'll grant you, but. Again, it is acting. How many remember the the anti-littering campaign with the Native American uh, dressed in uh, okay. Native American uh, uh, headdress gar- yeah. and, and with the tear? Standing on the side of the road. Remember somebody that? And somebody throws garbage trash. out and the tear comes down. It was an anti-littering campaign for yeah. years, right? I did not know until years later that the actor playing the Indian... He's Italian. Yeah, straight up Italian. Straight up Italian. <laughs> he is as Italian as Italian can get. Yeah. And why does it bother you? He's an actor. People, Native Americans came out later. And go, you can't even find a, a real Indian to play an Indian. Yeah. You know, you can't even find Native Americans to play. You got to play Italians to play it. Again, if you're looking, didn't it to say be on the outraged. bottom of the screen? This is an Italian actor playing an Indian. <laughs> it did not get in. Yeah, so, yeah, an asterisk. So, yeah, we're going to have to see that from now on. This is a Catholic not playing a, Jew. a Jewish, not yeah, a Jew. Oh my God, Hashtag, not a real Jew. Not a Jew. Oh. Just disclaimers. Yeah. yeah. Some of the actors and actresses in the following movie are not actually <laughs> the characters they're representing. Yeah. Andrew Dice Clay, not Italian. 
What do you mean? <laughs> but he is a Jew. No, what, 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 yeah. what do you mean? <laughs> Andrew Silverstein. Shut the front door. Yeah. I was today years old when I, I learned Andrew Dice Clay is not. Oh, forget oh, about hey, it. Hey, hey. oh. Yeah. He's Jew- and he's Jewish. Yeah. Now Italians See? should be offended. Uh, yeah. They should be offended that a, oh, a, a Jew was representing Italians. Did you get like a real that. Italian to play an Italian? Oh, my God. Could you get a real <laughs> Italian to play an Italian? That is fantastic. No, instead they got an actor. Hey, good morning to you. It's uh, Bruce, Judy, and Cheese. And, you know, we've seen uh, different companies taking different approaches to employee vaccination and requirements. And we had the airlines going down some different tacks. You had uh, Chicago-based United requiring vaccines to remain employed basically we found out that they had about about a 99 point something percent um uh, vaccination rate Mm -hmm. you had delta going a different tack just saying all right we're just going to charge unvaccinated people what was it like 200 bucks a month dollars extra in health care charges extra extra right yeah, on top of what you were already paying mm-hmm. for whatever your health care. So they went down a different tack. Well, Southwest has been kind of, I won't say playing coy, but they've been kind of in the middle, if you will. And they haven't really come out with it until now. Southwest says, yes, they're going to require all employees to be vaccinated. That is moving forward. They've set a date of uh, December. But just a few weeks ago, they said they would not be having a vaccine mandate. And now they say, just since announcing it, 98.5% of employees have complied. So here's, they're the largest carrier out at Midway. Uh, They have until December 8th to do this. But here's why, if I understand correctly, because the CEO of Southwest um, talked about that, why December 8th? That's the date that the... Uh, President Biden mandated federal workers mm-hmm. and contractors. And they said, I didn't know this, but now it makes sense. Southwest is a federal contractor. That government employees and military mm. fly Southwest. Southwest. So therefore, for them to remain a government contractor, they had to Im- uh, do this. Yeah. He almost, I'm not. I'm not saying. I was trying to read between the lines. He sounded reluctant. The CEO. It didn't sound like something they wanted to do of their own volition. Two weeks it ago, like they said no. Something they had to do yeah. because this is a business decision for them is to remain a government contractor because employees and contractors. I didn't. Because I didn't think it's about a lot that. of money. Yeah, but yeah. you know, when you fly Southwest, I do see. I see a lot of uniformed. Uh, military and i just thought i don't know i assume they're on every flight but yeah. yeah apparently more of them may be on southwest when they're flying domestically and that is all part of a government contract interesting I yeah and that's that. that makes sense it yeah. does yeah, as we keep saying that's what the business is in business, in business to make business. money yeah they're they're, they're mm-hmm. here to do commerce for goodness sakes so we go from midway with southwest my, i have a uh, couple friends that are flight attendants and uh, they call them the uh Red-bellied moneymakers, the, <laughs> the planes. So you got your red-bellied moneymakers coming in out of Midway. Well, you go over to O'Hare, where you get damn near every airline, right? And Customs and Border, again, going through packages coming into this country, finding a variety of things, including more fake COVID ID cards. 
I love seeing these. Uh, you know, you're like, wow, good. Good going on the part of these, you know, agents at O'Hare to catch this. Wait, well, eagle-eyed, right? Yeah, eagle eyes, exactly. Not so much. Oh, my God. Well, when it comes to COVID-19, COVID that's with an L. Close enough. Yeah, on the vaccine card, I mean, it's hilarious. Yeah, these or, apparently are coming from China. COVID. Yeah. COVID-19. And so the... the, the per- same paragraph. Yeah, the people who are um, um, tr- translating, I'm going to use that term loosely, mm-hmm. Possibly C minus students, uh, you know. Yeah, uh, yeah, that are, but you know what worries me about this? Remember when the internet started and and the scams on the internet used to be so prevalent, and you could always tell because there were so many misspellings. Yeah, it's you know you go, oh, this is your uh, you know um, cell phone carrier. Well, no, but so how long before they get? I mean, you know, they're going to obviously hire someone who has better grammar <laughs> to start writing these. And but in addition to that, you know, they also. Um, confiscated some um ivermectin pills and horse dewormer horse dewormer and that um hydroxychloroquine yeah or just as i call it poison yeah also so so rather than get the drink up yeah and rather (laughs) than get the vaccine people are going to I guess right. pay for fake vaccine cards is that where this is pay for vaccine card fake vaccine cards and take Mm -hmm. non-approved fda medicines yes as opposed to, yeah. Mm-hmm. Good move. You know, again, it's going to thin well, the they're herd. They're approved it'll for thin horses. The herd out. Yeah. <laughs> it's it, approved for horses. It'll thin the herd. Ugh. It'll, it'll yeah, get to it. I know. But, you know, now one more thing for the agency at the airports to yeah, have to get. And, you know, it's difficult. And they're worried, thinking that this is just the tip of the iceberg. I mean, it was well. If this is what they're catching, how much are they not catching? Oh, right? It's kind of like the uh, yeah. the drug thing, where the, you know, even the DEA will say, oh, "We probably catch about three percent, four maybe confiscate somewhere in that range." Mm, <laughs> you know, wow. it's a it's a hell of a lot more that gets through than uh, than than what stops. So, uh, yeah, it is uh, continuing, if you will, and you've got the uh, Customs and Border Patrol uh, confiscating pills, horse paste. Uh, and uh, and fake cards with not just small COVID. misspellings. I hope I never get COVID. Huge misspellings or COVID uh, on your card. COVID, I hear, is really bad. You say that, but again, <laughs> the people you're going to show the card, if and when They're we get to the point, right. are they going to see that? Oh, no. Yeah, right. No. Are they going to read down and know? You're just going to like flash it. Like, uh, remember we saw Lollapalooza? Like, yeah, I got yeah. a piece of paper in my hand. Oh, you're good. Okay, you're cool. Yeah, no problem. The big stories that people are talking about. Judy can start us off. Well, the FBI says a bank robber in Lombard who strapped fireworks to his body was arrested after texting a photo of the cash to his wife. He was a little bit upset that he wasn't being sought. Huh. Bruce? Eric Ferguson, host of Eric in the Morning Morning Show on Chicago Radio, is off this entire month. After not one, not two, but three women have now come forward claiming sexist or hostile work environment. Ferguson denies all of the charges through his attorney. Chief. Yeah, the battle rages on against Mayor Lori Lightfoot and State's Attorney Kim Fox as they both have a battle of words yesterday leading to a huge brawl outside of the mayor's fight between the <laughs> both of them. I had five bucks on Kim Fox. And okay. First well, rule of fight club. It was a mutual combat. First rule of fight club. I broke it. First rule of fight club. Don't talk about it. God. Um, so let's talk about fight club. So um, <laughs> we do have a 
a disagreement of sorts. And it all stems from a what I think is a relatively high profile story. Now, the crime in and of itself is not that high profile. We can all acknowledge that the idea that somebody pulls up in a car, shoots at a house, and some sort of gun battle happens in Austin, I'm going to say it's a, I'm not going to say it's a regular occurrence, but it's not shocking. It happens. And it happens in Austin a lot. So we had this shootout last week. Literally. How many shots were fired, Judy? 70. 7-0. Seven um, three people were struck by gunfire. One person died. Police were unrelated down the street. Police, there were Chicago police officers witnessed this with their own eyes. There's also video of it. There's forensic evidence. There's bodies for the love of God. And nobody has been charged with a crime. As a matter of fact, state's attorney Kim Fox says, we use this term mutual combatants, which to me makes it sound like you can get into a shootout as long as the other guy shoots okay. back. As long as you're both shooting. As long as you're both shooting, it's okay. Mm. So Mayor Lightfoot came out and, and said, you know, this is, this is wrong as a former Ridiculous, prosecutor. Well, as the rest of us. Kim Fox fired back. Funny of her to say that. Uh, joining us right now is uh, Christopher Foncook. And Christopher actually ran against Kim Fox. And not nearly enough of you chose him because we probably wouldn't be in this state. Christopher, good morning to you. Good morning. How are you? Fine and dandy. Is this is this attitude from the... And using this case just as a as as an example of kind of what's going on with the at the state's attorney's office, did we know this was how Kim Fox was going to be? I certainly did when I ran against her. Yeah, I tried to explain that to a lot of people. She has very little experience at this job. Well, and and help me understand then. Can is there any explanation, rational one? As to, even using this case as an example, why you wouldn't charge people? Why are these criminals, why are these people engaged in criminal activity not being charged, not being prosecuted, and not going to jail? Kim Fox has a demonstrated history uh, of not prosecuting uh, a number of crimes. I've heard these reports from judges. I've heard these reports from police officers out there in the field. And when you don't charge people with crimes, you know, certain crimes, uh, criminals begin to feel emboldened and they feel like they have a right to go out there and keep doing this. And they will keep doing this as long as they don't get caught, as long as they get caught but don't get charged, which is what happened in the case at issue today. They well, get caught, they didn't get charged. What are the certain crimes she doesn't charge? She's talked about, uh, for instance, that prosecuting um of felony retail thefts, which is a big issue to uh, businesses throughout yeah. Cook County. They're getting hammered on shoplifting cases. I've, I've heard about videos this. sent to me every day by people where uh, criminals run into the store with garbage bags. They just grab merchandise off the store, throw it into the garbage bags, and they run out, and they're just not getting prosecuted. Yeah, which is just, again, it's it's... It's leading to an overall sense. We had a discussion a little bit early, Christopher, about uh, perception and reality. And and the reality and the stats and the numbers might be up here, down there, are irrelevant. Because the perception is that we're, 
some sort of lawless, wild west kind of city. Uh, and I think that it's 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 affecting all citizens. You must feel that as well. I do. I actually live in the city of Chicago, and uh, I feel that. Uh, I go downtown rarely nowadays, and I've got a lot of friends that live down there, and most of them are in the process of moving out. Uh, businesses are getting hurt. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are so many businesses downtown that after the uh, looting uh, and the violence that we saw last year in downtown Chicago on the magnificent violence State Street, there are still dozens and dozens of businesses that are boarded up and will never come back to the city. That's sitting tourism, it's sitting our economy, it's sitting our tax base. And with the number of carjackings that are skyrocketing oh, in the city uh, and the armed robberies that are brazenly taking place on the magnificent mile within yards of the water tower place, uh, the armed robberies, murders and shootings are up. I got to tell you, people are afraid to go into the city nowadays, especially people are afraid to go downtown. And when that hurts our economic engine of downtown, we're all going to take a hit. Christopher Foncook, uh, again, uh, ran against Kim Fox uh, um, back in 2020. Um, I get, if you are, are, are you still a prosecutor right now or you were a prosecutor? I'm not 100% sure. Uh, I was a prosecutor was. With, with the Cook County State Attorney's Office for 31 years. I'm very proud of the work that I did with that office. I've been, uh, I won't say retired, I'm in private practice the last 10 years. Understood. Uh, I have a, a side practice, plus I teach college part-time, and I do other teaching. But so my point was, you kind of know how this, how this works inside, and, and there, I'm assuming you still have people that work inside. Is there a frustration inside the the attorney's office uh, as to how crimes are not being (laughs) prosecuted? You can uh, put that in capital letters and underscore it. I went to a uh, seminar recently. Lawyers have to take regular CLE continuing legal education seminars. And I got to speak to, I won't mention your name, but one of the newer prosecutors in the office. And once he learned who I was, he pulled me over and says, Christopher, I got to tell you, I wake up in the morning, I look at myself in the mirror. He told me, he says, I'm just not allowed to do justice anymore. Wow. I can't do justice. Shortly after that, he simply resigned from the office. He said he couldn't take it anymore. So, but what, to be clear here, you're saying that Fox is just not charging cases. It's not that um, she's not getting and there's not enough evidence to do it. She There's evidence, the case comes before her, and she's choosing not to right because to move the case forward is that what you're saying she's arguing there's not enough evidence right right? so is it is it a police is it that we're not making the arrest there's not enough evidence or all that is happening and fox is making a conscious decision not to do the case the complaints i'm hearing from police uh in large numbers uh are that they're doing their job they're making the arrests they're taking the statements they're speaking with the uh, uh, witnesses and, of course, the victims, and they bring the case to the state's attorney's office, and they just can't get charges approved. Wow. But, I mean, you're a prosecutor, Chris, so I'm asking you, as a prosecutor, there are those cases, right, where there's just not enough to charge? Well, of course, there are always those, those cases. There, are always, there always will be those cases. But that's not what you're saying today. That's not what I'm saying at all. I'm saying that good cases are coming, and the complaints I'm hearing are that good cases with solid evidence are not being charged. Hmm. Christopher, we appreciate your time today. Uh, thank you very much for your insight into it. And uh, are you are you thinking about running again in 2024? I've had a lot of people ask me that, <laughs> that very question. A lot of people have approached me and encouraged me to run. 
Uh, it's a little bit too early okay. to announce one way or another, but uh, stay tuned. You're here. All right. Well, uh, you're welcome back if and when that day comes. Uh, he's Christopher Fawn Cook. Ran against Kim Fox uh, a year and a half ago. Uh, didn't win the office, and obviously you see... Uh, it's going to be a crowded field. I, I, people are going to line up because yeah. I yeah. find it hard to believe that, that Kim Fox is going to have a lot of support, even in these communities, even in Austin. If you live next door to this house where the shootout happened, are you mean to tell me you're okay with the idea that no one got charged in this as you were ducking bullets? I find that hard to believe. Those people want to live safely as well. They want their kids to be able to walk down the street. They're not involved in crime. They're just living in these areas like that. No, there's there's a radio station right now. They're just like loading up all the Christmas songs. Uh, like, uh, well, it's first week in October. Let's start the Christmas music. Yep. Screw you, Thanksgiving. <laughs> to hell with you, Halloween. We're going right to Christmas. Um, as is uh, now the tradition, I guess you'd say, um, we as Americans, uh, we like to uh, gather uh, with our, our friends and our families over the holiday, um, storm through the front doors of a Walmart and uh, fight one another over flat screen TVs. It is a tradition. Yeah. It's what we do. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's such a good deal. Um, not really. Not really. Amazon, though, has already started promoting Black Friday deals. It's October. It's early October. Well, they're doing it for us, for the consumer, because they're afraid we won't be able to get any stuff. Well, you say afraid. Here's yeah. what I'm going to say. Amazon knows more about me than I know about mm-hmm. me. Okay? I just, sure. I've acknowledged it at this point. Amazon knows me better than I know myself. Yeah. I should call Amazon and go, where am I supposed to be tomorrow? Okay, thank yeah. you. I go. They'll tell you. Yeah. Alexa, play WLS. No, 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 no. I think the fact that Amazon is telling you, you might want to get your shopping done, is also a bit of a nod to, there's not going to be anything to buy here in a little bit. That there are real well, how issues. convenient, right? Uh, which is probably true because there are s- such horrible shipping issues. But, oh, how convenient. We're so worried for you, that Bruce. You need to start shopping now. Right. Right now. Black Friday Yesterday. deals now. Yeah. I still am, am struggling. I, I got to tell you. So we talked about things you can't find. Okay. So I want a... Uh, PlayStation 5. Okay, I definitely want a PlayStation 5. <laughs> but I need a new controller ah. for my PlayStation. They don't exist. Yeah, really? Yeah. I, I'm in the Target. You know, they have like a wall of stuff. It's just, look at the little pegboard. It's yeah. just empty. Mm-hmm. And it has, it has the price tags for things that aren't there. And they haven't been there for months. Interesting. Yeah, it's bizarre. I'm hoping- I just clicked right now. It says I can get delivery by October twenty third. Okay. Maybe I would I would get that right away. Oh, that's their new thing. Hopefully, yeah. and then uh, you can wait like I did for four months for an item. Um, you know, I'm hoping that everything on my kids' list is not available. Or it's just cash. <laughs> <laughs> Merry Christmas. I hope everything oh you want is not a thing. I, seriously, we could all use a year without being panicked into buying things that nobody even needs. 
you know, I'm trying well, that's to. That's an I, argument I've made for years, and right? people call me Scrooge. And, is, but now we well, might. Now you have an excuse. Now you can use the cover of oops, the, the uh, shelves are yeah. bare. Yeah, the yeah. shipping industry, it's it's at a standstill. I mean, it's not my fault. I it tried. Me. It wasn't me. I clicked and I didn't see it, and so I just unclicked. <sighs> it is and threw your list in the garbage. Again, I, I think there's a hell of an argument to be made that, uh, you know, why do you spend your time buying things? Well, I think we could for take a people you right? don't like buying things people don't need for people you don't even particularly like that much. Exactly. And buying, why is it we're, we're looking for things that aren't, that, like you said, aren't even there? I mean, try PlayStation 5, what? Are they going to make 10 of them and then good luck? Well, it came out last year and you still can't get one. Yeah. But that's a chip thing, right? Is I that, believe that yeah. has to do with chips. That's a, that goes way back. So right. now we're dealing with the shipping thing. Is it? it I mean, the, the stuff's there on a ship, right? Well, some of it allegedly because they're, the ships now aren't. Our, when we our, say shipping, we're literally talking about boats now, right? A ship docked, and there's nobody to get it off to take it to Target to take your controller and get it over the Target shelf. There's just no one to do it. You might want to go to the coast and get on the ship and get your. You controller. you say that and and and. I don't know if you know this or not, but I'm a boat I'm captain. Kidding. I'm, I'm boat kidding. I'm kidding. Because I can see your face that you're considering I'm a boat it. Captain. captain Bruce. And uh, I have my boat captain's license. I, 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 I can operate a large boat. And uh, my friend has a boat in California, right there on the coast, Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. And so I was looking on the map. I've got my like nautical charts on my phone. I'm a nerd. What are you going to do? Right? Nautical. I'm looking at waves. I'm like, oh, look, we've got three point three foot waves. Be careful. But, um, you can, there's an app, I got an app, that shows where the boats are. All right, so, now you're sounding like a pirate. So yes. Be careful oh, there. Nice. Yeah. So when I navigate the boat down to like, uh, from the Los Angeles area to let's say Newport Beach, go down to Newport or San Diego or something, okay. I have to go past uh, Long Beach Harbor. And Long Beach is where... The big container ships, you know, the ones you see are coming in and out. Mm -hmm. They've got the huge cranes yeah, and this yeah. and the other. And from time to time, I've had to navigate around some of these big ships while they're sitting out there at anchor. Maybe one, maybe two. There are, it looks like hundreds, I'm guessing it's dozens of these monstrous ships full of these, you know, cargo containers stuff. full of stuff. them. Just sitting there mm -hmm. because they can't even pull up to the dock because there's nobody taking the stuff off the last boat that pulled up to the yeah. dock. That's what we're dealing with. So my PlayStation controllers <laughs> this is are sitting on a boat like off this. of Long Beach. Ahoy! Yeah. Ahoy! Do you have any Throw controllers? Me a contro <laughs> yeah. I have beer. I bring beer on the wave boat. Like, I'll trade go. you beer. Or wave 100 or whatever it costs. Pirates like beer. They do Pirates like, like beer. beer. They like whiskey better. I'm just saying. Okay, I'll keep that in mind. So, here. yeah. I I'm going to I like big boats and I cannot lie, don't get me wrong, but I want to I do I like taking the boat out and going around some of those huge ships. The size like of them pirates. are the size is something that you just cannot fathom that anything that large exists and can move. Yeah. And they move fast. Yeah. And that's a lot of stuff. That it is. It's sitting there. You know, one of the things that came out of the uh the Facebook uh whistleblower testimony is how Facebook's algorithms specifically amplify the most outrageous, 
divisive, uh, conspiracy-laden things. That, that The way the algorithm works is the more people engage, share, click like, comment, well, the more it shows up. It's, it becomes a, like a ball rolling downhill. She also testified that Facebook knows the crazier something is, the more outrageous something is, the more it's get, the quicker that momentum gets going. So there is an incentive for people to be extreme, to be outrageous. And it leads to divisiveness. It leads to these this idea that there are polar opposites out there. So what can be done about it? Joining us right now is author Elaine Park, uh, author of the book, The Habits of Unity, 12 Months to a Stronger American, One Citizen at a Time. Good morning, Elaine. How are you? Good morning, Bruce. What a great pleasure it is to be with you here this morning on your show. It is a pleasure to have you. So I think that a lot of folks out there uh, certainly feel this. It, it feels like we're at a time in our country where we are hopelessly divided uh we are divided on so many different things political lines which lead to things like your health care etc um what can people do well i think what we've forgotten in this country is that the buck stops at our own door we're not going to i mean unity is not going to trickle down from somewhere (laughs) <laughs> you know, it has to I'm not going to catch it. <laughs> I, I can't buy it? I can't buy unity? Yeah. <laughs> no. No, it's not going to trickle down from somewhere magically. You know, unity, we're, we're a body. We're a country. We're a body of people. So what we're experiencing is the collective attitudes, the collective bad attitude, by the way, despite the algorithms that that Facebook Mm -hmm. has, they're still coming from a general national bad attitude. I mean, we're kind of like a bunch of spoiled kids. (laughs) I don't disagree, Elaine. I think you're on to something there. (laughs) So, you know, the whole focus of my book is, you know, let's get back to the basics of the way people treat each other when we're feeling happy, when we're feeling good, when we're getting along, and they're very simple. And since my background is in advertising and marketing, um, it, we, we, we have to, I use the mass media approach, which is to brand each month of the year mm-hmm. with one aspect of, of, of a human behavior that's unifying, that gives you a good day, a good life. And this month, October, the, the habit for the, the unity habit for this month is be patient and listen. And the color, every month has a color. The color is slow down lavender. You know, we can all use a little of that. I think it's so sad, I don't know what month that is, that we have to be reminded to be decent human beings. I, I honestly, I, I, I have a, I've coined it a concept, which is at the heart of my work, and I call it mental nutrition. You know, we're so, we worry about our physical nutrition, you know, what we're eating and our calories and nutrition. In it. But what we're bringing into our own, into our minds every day is, you know, we're in charge of that. So if we're, if we're letting ourselves being un, inundated with way too much negativity and not making time in our day to put 
a counterforce, you know, a positive message to keep us stable and balanced, then of course we're feeling overwhelmed and inundated with the negativity. But in my opinion, it's our own fault. She's author Elaine Park, uh, the new book, The Habits of Unity, 12 Months to a Stronger America, One Citizen at a Time. I, I, I really like that last analogy because in my mind, I was hearing if you ate nothing but junk food all day, this yeah. is going to have a negative impact on your health. And I think we all acknowledge mm-hmm. that we would know that even if you're doing it, you're like, this probably isn't the best thing for me. Right. Exactly. The same yeah, exactly. goes with. Exactly. What, what you're consuming through your eyes and your ears. If you are reading and consuming and listening to nothing but junk all day, well, that there has a go. negative impact on you as well. Exactly. So in my book, um, there's just a half a, a half a page, which it takes a minute a day. And so like during the month of October, there's a half a minute a day that's about, but every day they're all different. But they're all about being patient and listening. So by the end of the month, you're, you've actually deepened that quality in your life. I mean, if people were practicing the thoughts that are in this book for October, for instance, we wouldn't have road rage. Because, mm. you know, what is road rage? So, like, for instance, I'm reading, I'm reading you from today. So today, I pause for my habit to be patient and listen. Hi, how are you? How's it going? What's happening? Do you really mean it? Do you want an answer? Do you have time to listen to an answer? What do you do when somebody really shares with you a problem or a burden that they are carrying? There is no greater gift than the sympathetic ear, and that's by Frank Tiger. So the action for today is, today, ask someone how they are doing and then really listen to their answer. That is such a good one, because how many times do we say that? Hey, how you doing? And we keep right. walking. We just keep on walking. Yeah, we don't We don't want them to answer. Yeah, it's, it is, you hate to say it, but it is, the starting point is just getting back to the basics, right? Getting, this, this uh, mental nutrition, I love that. You should really coin that if you haven't, like, uh-huh. legally. Because <laughs> yeah. it, it's so, I mean, we've gotten so far away from it. It's almost like people nowadays they enjoy being miserable, yeah. right? It's like, so, and I've often said, I, I have to work at being positive because, you know, I'm as sunshine as my coworkers here know. Well, guess what? <laughs> Next month's habit is, is show a positive attitude. Yeah, ah, but you have, it's, it's hard work. It's not like you are just wake up positive. Well, you have Elaine, to work at it. My guess is that maybe unwittingly, because this is active. What you're asking people to do is to be active in it, to be present, to be conscious that you're doing something. I, exactly. I my guess is that people are maybe not as aware of the negative things they are repeating and doing every day and right. not realizing that they've created a bad habit without without doing that actively it just became something Exactly there's an old Cherokee parable about the fight that goes on between inside of us between the good wolf yeah and the bad wolf and the messages that, you know, we're surrounded by so many bad wolf messages, but we're not nourishing and feeding the good wolf. Is and it okay to tell people that? Is it okay to, how do you tell someone to be more positive? Tell a joke. Knock, <laughs> <laughs> oh, There knock. you go. <laughs> there you go. Banana. As a matter of fact, in November, in the book, 
I tell jokes every day. Every half day reading has little jokes because why not? That's the point for November. Here, here. Nice. By the way, I want I want to let your readers know. Please. This is this isn't a book. This is a movement. Okay. I want. Right. I mean, so, someday I want October to be National Be Patient and Listen Month. <laughs> I want everybody to be doing it. Here, and here. Go to my. Pardon. Uh, here, here. Where can people find out more? Okay. Uh, we have a we have a wonderful website that people will enjoy called uh, Twelve Habits for and it's a letter for you know Twelve Habits for All of Us dot org. All right, and, and, and all the months are there. Of course, the book Twelve the Habits of Unity is available you know nationally and all the on Amazon and all of the uh, all of the uh, where book fine books are sold as we like to say right where fine books are sold <laughs> and, it's, and it's just come out on Kimball. it is a brand new release so right. this is very but it's not i've been doing this for 30 years Bruce. i've been in communities all over western pennsylvania where people a team of people in the town puts on the, the 12 habits for all of us and they make posters and flyers, and they're, they're in the schools and all over the town. And after a few years of being having these ideas around the town, people, 72% of the people said they felt more connected to one another. 37% said they actually altered their behavior because they got the messages. I mean, this isn't just some lady's idea. No. It really works. It's a movement, and we really thank you for sharing it with us today, Elaine. You have a wonderful day. You too. Thank you so Thank much. You. You She's author El- Elaine Park. Uh, the Habits of Unity, 12 Months to a Stronger America, One Citizen at a Time. It does. It, it, it ends and starts with you. As a streeter villain. Straight up. Word. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am aware of the lore of Streeterville. First off, I learned about Mr. Streeter. And secondly, <laughs> I learned about the thing that really puts Streeterville on the map. And it's not Navy Pier, as I like to say. It is... The tussle heard round the world. Jussie Smollett going to the Subway Sandwiches, which I live next door to, at the butt crack of the morning, right? In the middle of the night. And then allegedly getting into a a tussle. Right over here. Literally outside the the radio station. Right outside the radio station that we're at. And he was staying at the Lowe's, which is across the street. Mm -hmm. This is my hood. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Who knew? Well, Jussie Smollett. He's headed back to court. Right. So he's accused of faking a hate crime in that case that caused the firestorm. So uh, it involved two hiring two brothers, allegedly hiring two brothers to uh, rough him up. So it looked like he was the right. victim of a hate crime. So this is interesting. I, I just it was uh, I forgot that it's another Kim Fox case, right, where. All charges oh, were dropped. You're right. Yeah. You're right. I mean, Speaking, that's kind of it put Kim Fox on the map. Right. Remember that was like yeah. her well, first big thing. Maybe it's when people started to pay attention. Huh? No charges. Yeah. In this case, that national all, attention. National attention that all this has come out. They seem to have so much evidence. So yeah, they had to hire a special prosecutor, and then the, he was eventually charged. Uh, he's indicted on six counts of filing a false report. So we're going to get to the false bottom of the crime report, and because. Correct me if I'm wrong. He's still claiming it all happened, right? He he hasn't backed off his. I feel like at one point story. he he maybe admitted it, sort of, right? And then said, "No, no, it didn't. I, I still, I was, I was uh, beaten up as as part of a hate crime." Right. I, I don't know. It's been such a 
crazy case, right, going back and forth, and he said this and he said that, and I don't really know. I just All I know his, is that he's going to trial. I remember his famous quote. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. That says it all. You go to the subway on McClurg, by Did the way, at McClurg in Illinois. Did he I'm get just, tuna? Well, if he, again, if he, even if you're allergic to tuna, you could have the tuna sandwich at Subway. It contains no tuna. You're right. I'm just I'm the guy. Um, we're going to find out once and for all. Maybe we're going to get to the the final, the bottom of this, this, this fantastic story. Because you're right. Listen. When I first heard about it, I mean, probably like everybody else, I was like, wow, that sounds horrible. Yeah. Uh, right. yeah. I oh, didn't we know who wrong. he was. I, but I, you know I, what? I, I didn't know who he was as an actor. I didn't watch a show. I'm like, oh, that's horrible. And then it just started falling it apart. It started right away. Chicago police. I remember I, I must have been working that day or in the newsroom because I just remember Chicago police being like, yeah, there's something fishy yeah. about this case. And it's not the tuna. And it wasn't the tuna. <laughs> From Subway in the middle of the so, night. Like, none of it added up, right? Yeah. I mean, he was accused of orchestrating the phony hate crime with the help of these two brothers. Then prosecutors initially charged him with disorderly conduct. Then they dropped the charges. Then they dropped the case outright about a month later with, like, no explanation. Then they had to hire the special prosecutor, Dan Webb. He investigated and said, yeah, at the very least... Like, if you fire a gun, you should be charged with a gun right. crime. At the very least, he's fi- charged with filing a false police report. Well, just for saying tussle, we should just lock him away for that. Who tussles? Come on. Streeterville, come for the pier. You Stay know for what? the tussle. Yes, tussle. that's where it comes from. People didn't realize it. People go, why do you say that? I go, it's the Jesse Thank you for finally explaying that after a year you of having to hear that. it. I did know, but maybe. Come for the tussle. Too. All right. Um, hey, it was obviously a, co- it was a mutual Mutual combatants, but maybe they didn't think about that. Threw a tuna sandwich at him, they beat him up. All right. <laughs> this isn't tuna. Uh, hey, Mike uh, in Chicago Heights. Good morning to you. Good morning, Mike. You are a music aficionado. I'm making this assumption because you think you know what songs DJ Cheese scrambled up. Could you tell us what they are? Oh uh, yes, I can. I'm not your stepping stone. And Valerie. Nice. Valerie a lot. Yeah. You're a winner, Mike. Nice. Not only Fantastic. did you guess the songs, you got yourself a pair of tickets to the farewell tour of the Monkees with Michael Naismith and Mickey Dolans. It's happening at the Rosemont Friday, November 5th. And you are in the house, Mike. Congratulations. Can't, can't wait. Thank yeah. you very much. It's going to be a great night. Appreciate you spending some time with us this morning as well. Have an awesome, awesome Wednesday. You know, yesterday, a lot of people were focused on this Facebook whistleblower uh, testifying in front of Congress. That's after showing up on on a pretty incredible 60 Minutes uh, interview that happened on on Sunday with Scott Pelley, uh, where this insider uh, has documents, knowledge, information about how Facebook works. And I think a lot of people are maybe a little bit shocked to find out, um, although... I'm, I'm not trying to say this like I know more. I'm not. Nothing she said surprises me. I assume Facebook operates in its own self-interest 24-7, 365. I assume the same thing about PetSmart, by the way. And I, I, they, they exist to build their business. And I've, I heard this a long time ago, and I think it's, it's very apropos. God, I hope that word means what I think it means. When you're talking about this, 
if you are not paying for the service, you are not the customer. You're the thing being sold. And how many of you are paying for Facebook and Instagram? Okay. You are not their customer. Their customers are people running ads. So uh, joining us right now is Terrence McMahon. And Terrence is a social media expert, TEDx speaker, best-selling author. It's awesome to have you on with us, Terrence. Welcome. Thanks for having me, Bruce. So uh, did anything shocking come out of these uh, this testimony yesterday? Uh, because there seems that there, there's, there's some different competing narratives. One of them involves Facebook. One involves Instagram owned by the same company. Yeah, I mean, I'm, the only thing I'm surprised at is it didn't come out sooner. I mm. mean, this is a this is a company that that uh, they're they're collecting personal information and, and they and they sell it. So, you know, they have this unique way of figuring out how you behave. They know what makes you happy. They know what makes you sad, mad, uh, and there's good and bad things about that. Um, the bad thing that the the, the, the whistleblower point, whistleblower pointed out was the algorithms. They know their your biological shortcomings, and these these harmful pieces of content are latched onto and fed to them because it keeps the user on the platform, which allows them to buy more things and collect more data. Mm. Well, but and I think the the difference here, right, is adults and children. I mean, when I use Facebook, I I don't notice it that much. I don't notice that, I, and if I am, I'm just not you know I'm not clicking on the bait. But I think this whole whistleblower um you know event here was about children and how they're being manipulated and and is there a moral piece an ethical piece to this i'm not sure that was their intent but the the content that makes these kids feel bad upset and then for the little girls on the platform and hate themselves um and there's a negative feedback loop to the data they're getting it makes them emotionally spiral uh, all the algorithm knows is that these people are spending lots of time on the on the platform, and you can sell them things when they're there. You can interrupt their time, and if if an, an advertiser knows the the given behavior, they can pop an ad right in front of you at the time. Uh, you know, so that's you know, Facebook's a private company; they're protected by uh, you know Rule Three Two Thirty, and but they're a private for-profit company, and if they're if their product is decisive and destructive, I'm sure Congress will take a peek at that to protect everybody. And this is a good start, at least, to take a peek at, you know, is this the best thing for the world at this point? Terrence McMahon is joining us right now. And and Terrence, are you uncomfortable at all, though? Because I'm going to... I'm going to tip you off. I am. And the idea of, of government regulating Facebook in some way, shape, or form, or Instagram, is that the role of government, or is that the role of parents and adults? Um, if, if it's unknowingly uh, happening, and something bad is unknowingly happening to our, our society, I think government's place may be to, to you know, create a a process to look at that. I agree. I think private companies can thrive. Um, you know, the Indians once sold drugs and that wasn't regulated. And then, you know, then yeah. now it is, you know, so these are, you know, I don't know. It's not my place to say that. I'm just telling you that the, the algorithms are very smart. They can, they can create division. They can incite emotions, elicit feelings. And the, the, that causes people to behave certain ways. And, and some of that behavior is good and some of it's not. 
Uh, and so I may, you know, maybe it'll become a public safety issue, right? I mean, I don't, because it is a private company. They are, they're like most companies. No one's forced to use yeah, it. And they right, want right. to make money. Right. And no one's forced to use it. However, it's the internet. You know what I mean? It's, you have it. How can you not? You almost... Well, in, along those lines, Terrence, is Facebook unique in that sense? Or are there other websites out there that maybe just aren't as popular? Oh, well, Facebook was the first the first group to, to, to make it a, a mass product. There's 3 billion users of Facebook. So wow. they weren't first to the dance, but they're the first ones to create this engagement and this social platform. And you know, when we grew up, this didn't exist. I right. mean, we're one of the few generations. I'm 53. I grew up without the internet, without cell phones, and now this new technology exists, and there's a lot of debate over it. And they're making sure. a lot of money, so they're getting a lot of attention, and now this, this is happening. So you're going to see people looking at it. You're going to see, you know, uh, committees formed and, 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 you know, whether or not anything happens, who knows. But um, there's good and bad, bad that comes of it. If, if it was so good, I'm, you know, I'm wondering as a parent myself, why are people so messed up, particularly teens with mental health, Mm-hmm. And why haven't we seen the, the golden age of enlightenment for this 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 uh, this this uh, generation that is so attached to their phones and so engaged all the time and all this information uh, that's right. available it to them? Like all the positives it's, never yeah, occurred, it all the negatives. And, but and you know, but how widespread yeah. is this going to go? Too, you have to think about. I mean, I'm on a I'm on a news website right now, and on the side, I I there are all these these uh, you know. Headlines that make me want to click on them, and they take me nowhere. They take me to ad after ad after ad, and sometimes there's not even a story behind it. So why is this different than Facebook or Instagram? Oh, I mean, it's not any different. That's how marketers advertise. I mean, it's something, you know, Facebook created a pixel, which is basically a little burr. If you see a piece of, of, of information online, it sticks to you. And advertisers can buy the fact that you went to shopping for an RV this weekend, and then they could all of a sudden it's popping up in your feed. I'm sure you've seen it. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's mm-hmm. happening to you every single day. And that's brilliant from a marketing perspective. I think what the whistleblower is saying is, hey, it's, it's rippling down to these, these kids that are starting to hate themselves. And I think overall that's a bad thing. And if that needs to be looked at, I think it's a good thing to look at it. Terrence, appreciate your insight into this. Thank you for your time today. Thanks, guys. That's outstanding. He's Terrence McMahon, a social media expert. Again, I, I, I'm, I'm going to say this, and I'm not going to doubt. Let's, let's, let's just say it's a given that Instagram, where more of the kids use, and, and we'll throw TikTok in on this or whatever. Yeah. There are issues specific to kids, specifically young girls, body image issues, things like that, eating disorders. Okay, a given. Is it their job to not provide a website that has that, or is it the parent's job to not allow kids to see that? Because it's still going to exist on the Internet somewhere. I think the the argument I'm hearing is that Instagram through Facebook is just really efficient at delivering these messages. It's not that the messages aren't there. It's not that they haven't existed over time. It's just that they're really good at getting them in front of eyeballs. Is that, that alone for me is not reason for government to get involved. I don't want, I don't want the government involved in, in social media and in, in websites and determining what is okay content and what's not okay content. 
in this corner. <laughs> Weighing in at 102 pounds at four foot three. <laughs> no, I don't know what that really is. Uh, well, good morning. It. It's uh, Bruce, <laughs> Judy, and Cheese. Uh, the war of words. The name calling between uh, uh, Mayor Lightfoot and state's attorney Kim Fox has ratcheted up all over this uh, shootout. I don't know anything you could call it. Uh, in Austin, three people struck, one person killed, 70 shots fired, witnessed by police. There's a video of it. And nobody was charged with a crime. It leads to a lot of questions. So yesterday, uh, we had Mayor Lightfoot calling out the state's attorney for, for not charging. Well, Kim Fox fired back. She wouldn't tell us what the not true parts were, of course. She went on to say, then Kim <laughs> Fox needs to explain what we are missing because we're going by, oh, I don't know, everything that we have seen. She says as she points fingers. Um, yeah, right. And again, it, it's so vague. I mean, what we know, what police say is that so uh, sources, according to sources, that um, five suspects the police wanted to charge them with murder and aggravated battery because they were in a dispute. By the way, these were two gang factions. Shocking. Shooting at each other. What a surprise. Yeah. So two gang factions shooting at each other. 70 shots were fired. Someone was killed. Police apparently wanted to charge five suspects with that killing. And ultimately, the Cook County State's Attorney's Office, led by Kim Fox, said no charges. They were mutual combatants. So Kim Fox makes the comments we we just played, firing back, uh, and uh, again, credit where credit's due. Uh, we we've been, I think, rightfully critical of some of Mayor Lightfoot's decisions. Mayor Lightfoot said she'd be going to the U.S. Attorney and trying to get them. To charge it. Uh, so she will be asking uh, U.S. Attorney John Losh uh, to to reach into this, evaluate the evidence, and see if there's a possibility for federal charges. Mm. Well, you got to do what you got to do. Yeah, if you're not going to do it, I will. Okay. And, and if the her- feds come back and say, no, this isn't a chargeable case, well, then okay. Then Kim Fox has got some ammo on her side, mm-hmm. doesn't she? Mm-hmm. See, not even the feds think really they can Really bad charge. choice of words, but yes. Did him. <laughs> I saw something uh, on the streets, getting back to the mean streets of Streeterville. Uh, I took a picture and I posted it on the Facebook because that's what I do. Mm-hmm. Okay. I use Facebook to post it. But it's right here on Illinois between Columbus and McClurg. I know exactly where it is. There's a street pole. It's in front of the Walgreens. Forget it. It's my Walgreens. Okay. And I saw a bumper sticker on it. You know, a sticker on it. I looked at it. It's yellow, so it stands out. And it said, what exactly is Lori Lightfoot doing about crime in Chicago? Hmm. I took a picture of it and posted it because I didn't make it. Not my sticker. It's a hell of a question. Yeah. Because I think there's plenty of people out there that think she's not doing nearly enough. Maybe she's heard that message. <laughs> Maybe she goes to that Walgreens, saw that <laughs> damn thing, walked out and saw that thing and goes, I probably should do something about crime in Chicago. Right? There has to be a change in attitude, in the approach, because you can certainly make an argument. 
what they have been doing isn't working. Kim Fox, what you are doing hasn't been working. Mayor Lightfoot, what you're doing hasn't been working. Superintendent Brown, what you are doing hasn't been working. I wish I knew what everyone was doing. What is anyone doing? I know that they're not charging. I know they're not arresting. I know that people are now, the new thing, firing from two cars like they're on two damn horses in the Wild West. I mean, I know what is happening. I don't know what. Now, in deference to the police, they don't have to tell us what they're doing. They have plans a lot of times where they do things. And I'm, I'm assuming... They're deploying more officers in these areas. I, I mean, I got. We, we know there was they're a big plan, right? Responding to crimes. Yeah. We know arrests aren't being made, and the charges aren't right. being filed. We had uh, earlier on the show today. You can go back and listen on the podcast. We had uh, Christopher Foncook, who ran against Kim Fox yeah. on talking about you know. How could you not see this coming? He basically said, this is exactly, she's doing what she said she was going to do. Not a surprise to him. Mm -hmm. Um, But as we look forward, and we know that, you know, another round of elections are coming up. There is a will they, won't they, should they, shouldn't they, and some interesting names and maybe some old familiar names popping up. Joining us right now is Patch.com's Mark Conkle. Uh, that is a Pulitzer Prize winning. Yeah, you got to say it. Other Mark Conkle, by the way. I'm not saying it. I'm not. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm envisioning Jealous. a fireplace right now with this just one big Pulitzer right there on top of the, on the mantle. He's sitting in a it. smoking jacket, smoking yes. a pipe. Oh, totally God. him. Tell me, Mark, you're wearing velvet right this very second. So, uh, Mark, good morning. Good morning. It was Are a hell of a lead Say it again. <laughs> Judy, are we in a fight? Oh. No, no. I just thought you preferred you preferred the casual, easygoing guy sometimes. Yeah, yeah, it's true. I do I do I do keep the little Pulitzer plaque on the toilet. So just so you know. Yeah, so okay. you see it every day. I, I want to see it, it constantly. Yeah. You know, uh, we spoke with Tony Preckwinkle a while ago, and I remember one of the questions, I want to say maybe you asked, Judy, was, you know, are you thinking about running, uh, running for mayor, uh, maybe kind of quote-unquote came close to mayor? Certainly a lot of the comments you hear from Tony Preckwinkle sound like someone who might be running again for another office. You actually wrote an interesting piece that Tony Preckwinkle can't take a hint. What do you mean, Mark? Right. You know... Well, you know, she's the Cook County Board President. She was the Cook County Board President when she ran for mayor. So she could she could run for office without being kicked out of town. You know, unlike, you know, people who Some run of the for others. office and they lose, they have, to, they have to go back and find a new job or whatever. So, but uh, yeah, she announced that she's going to run for mayor after losing every ward in the city, losing about 75% of the vote, um, you know, um, Every vote, every ward in the city, you know, even the ward where she was an alderman, and 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 she's going to run for re-election in Cook County. Really, uh, it, it it it's just a kind of a a, you know, a tone deaf thing to me. Like how, she's got she's got very little money in her campaign war chest. Her campaign pretty much imploded. She went from front runner to yeah. landslide loser, and since then, if you think about it, you know, in the news. You, you didn't really hear a ton from her during the pandemic. You know, she, she passed out the money that the federal government went. She went along with pretty much, you know, uh, the, the protocols. 
but you know, my, my parents live in the south suburbs. Um, you know, you, you couldn't get shot at the at the the county um, inoculation centers. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it was it was a tough thing. She hasn't really blown anybody away with her her leadership since, and she want and she said uh, she's in her seventies. I'm not exactly sure how old she is off the top of my head. Seventy four. You know, yeah, and, and we need we. And this is, we want the same political status quo, Tony Preckwinkle, to be in charge of Cook County government again. After we learned, you know, that she's having fundraiser parties with Ed Burke, who's, you know, under indictment by the feds and giving Ed Burke's um, son a a do-nothing job. Who who amongst us isn't under federal investigation? I mean, maybe we should be careful, like, you know, in the city of Chicago, uh, if you are an elected official... Doesn't the FBI have a wiretap on you? I mean, isn't that See, just like... See, you're just promoting a, isn't that, a false narrative. You know? Not everyone. Not everyone. But, Mark, okay. here's the thing. The reformer, Lori Lightfoot, is now viewed as a huge disappointment. Perhaps like a deer in the headlights, right? Like, oh, my gosh. Maybe this was way too beyond her capabilities, the, the you know office of mayor. And you look at Preckwinkle, and yeah, she's like, you know, I guess you call her a seasoned politician, but maybe that's what people want. Maybe people are looking and saying, oh, maybe she would have done a better job. Well, Even though uh, we're she's on the a status quo, maybe the status quo is what we kind of need. Compared to Lightfoot, doesn't everybody look like a pretty sh- good candidate for any office these days? I think you guys are comparing apples and horse poop. Okay. <laughs> you know, I... I, I I think what I think that you, you got to look at Tony Preckwinkle on her own and who and who she's with, you know she's a she's a status quo Democrat, she is the the queen maker of Kim Fox, she um, and frankly the Cook County Board President job is kind of a do nothing job, she's you know not in control of the Cook County Jail that's under the sheriff's purview, she's not in control of the Cook County Court. The hospital system is run, you know, separately. You know, um, she's basically in charge of the budget and the forest reserves and unincorporated Cook County. There's there's not a lot of power there except for she's the boss of the Cook County Democratic Party. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and and the question is, is like she's been in office for so long as an alderman and and the county board president, which she which she won by beating Todd Stroger, who pretty much anybody could have beat. Um, and and she's going to linger around into her, her late late seventies, and no one's going to challenge her. Like there's no there's no Democrats who are going to challenge her. I, I just don't understand. Well, and that. that's the job, though, right? That's that. That's what everyone in that position does. That's got because it's so powerful, right? With just the amount of jobs that you have under your belt. Why shouldn't she do it? Everyone else before her did it, but I guess we could also argue, right? These are reforming times. Why why would she be able to stay there? Why isn't anyone going to challenge her? Yeah, exactly. That that's exactly my question because you know, you know, when you know that she she gave Ed Burke's son a job, a do nothing six-figure job, you know, around the time that there was a, a fundraiser that Spent a hundred thousand dollars her way, including including ten thousand dollars from an alleged shakedown of a Burger King owner. Um, if that's how she conducts business, mm. and 
you know, you know, and there's nobody in the Democratic Party who's stepping up to say, all right, Tony, time to step down. But isn't, step isn't this just an, another example of this Chicago machine, though? No, nobody leaves of their own volition, for goodness sakes. You know, they don't they don't walk away into the sunset. They 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 hold on to power and hold on to office until the, the gritty end. Well, you know, except for Ron Manuel and Mayor Daly, mm. right? They walked away. Okay. Before the feds got it. Before the feds got it. <laughs> the feds got it. Well, Daly spent quite a few yeah. years in the office, but yeah. Um, you know, so, so, he, so that's he walked, he walked. He walked away without getting kicked out, and yeah. Ron did too. Right. So that's your mantra to Preckwinkle: get out while you can. I mean, I think that no, I think <laughs> the voters should. Like somebody needs to run against her, and someone will. I mean, eventually, you got to think. Um, and it's time to send her packing. You know, it's it's time. It's, it's you know, it's time. You know, it's time for Cook County uh, residents to have some a, a new person in that office that isn't uh, the Democratic Party boss. You know, it's it's been, it was John Stroger, um, it's Preckwinkle. You know, Todd Stroger was in there a while after his dad died, and, you know, that was kind of a, a cluster. But, um, you know, what we're looking at is someone who we know couldn't win votes in every ward in Chicago, which is obviously the biggest city in Cook County, uh, lost by 75% of the vote, you know, in white wards on the, the liberal lakefront and black wards on the south and the west side. It was anybody but Preckwinkle. Right. You know, read no, the, read, it's time to read the sign. No, no no constituency to speak of. Mark Conkle, thank you for your time today. You can read more about that at patch.com and see his piece on uh, Tony Preckwinkle. Can't take a hint uh, <laughs> is what it is, and there's certainly an argument behind that. We appreciate Mark for joining us. And a lot of actors out there are not who you think they are in a variety of ways. I think about those like, have you ever had the moment when maybe you had a favorite TV show or a movie and you watched it, you really liked it. Maybe there's one actor on there you really like. And then you see them do like a, a talk show, an interview. And they don't, you're like, what? You're like, who are you? Wait a minute. What yeah. happened to your voice? <laughs> so there was a show called The Americans. Uh, uh, Russell and uh, Matthew Reese. Okay. Carrie Russell. Uh, about Russian mole spies living in the United States. It was really well done. Won a bunch of awards, right? So Matthew Reese is the American. And this is what he sounds like. Okay. So that's him, the dad. He's talking. He's trying to teach his Sounds kid. Sounds like an American, right? So then he's a Russian spy. Then I'm watching. I'm watching a uh, a, a talk show. He's on, right? And oh, it's Matthew Reese from the Americans. Oh, I kind of like that show. Woof, 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 woof. <laughs> the hell happened to your voice? <laughs> he's he's. I think that's he's even a bloody funnier. Australian <laughs> because it and because he's. Has, he's an American, but he's a, really a born Russian. Oh. So he's got like three different things going on with his accent. Unbelievable. Yeah. That happened to me with The Walking Dead, Sheriff Rick, the, the main character. He's on, you know, he's a, he's from Atlanta. He's a southern sheriff. Mm -hmm. And then I saw him on a talk show and 
unbelievable British accent. Totally ruined it for me. <laughs> totally okay. ruined it. So I was today years old when I learned that Spider-Man, Tom Holland, is not from Queens. Not a kid from Queens? Not a kid from Queens. How come I didn't know this? <laughs> okay, first of all, he sounds like a girl. He did sound like a girl wow. in the beginning, yeah. I was waiting for him to come on. I'm like, oh, wait, this is him. Yeah, that's hmm. Tom Holland. That's Spider-Man. You're right. You started by saying it's called acting. You know, and that gets into an, a different thing. Sarah Silverman uh, has found herself in, a, in, in the middle of, of a bit of a controversy where she is um, arguing... That uh, that Hollywood, first off, has it in for the Jews, which is funny in and of its own self, right? <laughs> but here's what Sarah Silverman said on her own podcast just the other day. But Jew face. Mm. So she's saying that A, Jews act a certain way, and m most of what we know of Joan Rivers is a Jewish thing, not a comedian. I didn't know that. I didn't either. I mean, I know I'm not she's trying to Jewish, play dumb. But I don't know that even her jokes, a lot of her jokes were about being Jewish. They were about being women, uh, woman, right? Right. I thought of her as... Uh, Joan Rivers! Kind funny. of an over-the-top comedian. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's kind of what she was. But the idea that you can't do a show... So I'm trying to follow this with Sarah. So the argument is that a... a a Jew would do a better job of playing well, she's, a yeah, Jewish... She's making the argument that Joan Rivers was so Jewish. That's what I'm hearing, because I just heard this her saying it in her own words. But, so I think, of all the people, Sarah has a problem. But with that's also a religion. Right, but Sarah, who's Jewish, has... I don't see that Jewish thing that well, she does When she Jewish. says Jew face, it makes me think of blackface. Yeah, and I'm like, whoa, 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 hold mm -hmm. on a second. That's exactly no what one's she means. arguing. No one's arguing the white guy with the shoe polish on playing a black guy. We've gotten to the point. That is in a You're right. Mm -hmm. Agreed. I'm, I, you know, if they make another Martin Luther King uh, biopic, you know, we probably shouldn't have Brad Pitt play Martin Luther King. Okay, yeah. I'm okay with that. Yeah. That would seem unreasonable. But religion is different. She even brought up the fact that she's Catholic. Like, you can't be Catholic and play a Jew. I re does that mean, does the same go the other direction? Can Sarah Silver not, pl not play roles where the person isn't Jewish? She certainly cannot be a nun. Ouch. Yes. Well, there goes her hope of uh, <laughs> bringing the flying nun back. I'll tell you <laughs> what. That, uh, Sarah Silverman as yeah, the flying nun. Yeah, Sarah Silverman as the flying quite nun. Funny. Right? It might be one of the reasons why you need to have your faith in humanity restored. Judy says she can do it for you right now. Well, a little bit of a newsy story here, but it might all come down to a pill. 
you may have heard the reports that a simple pill taken at the onset of symptoms for COVID reduced the risk of hospitalization and death by half. Now, nearly two million doses of the antiviral agent have been secured for use in the U.S. and represents the first orally ingested treatment for the virus. No more shots, Bruce. The pill acts like a saboteur, incorporating RNA like building blocks into the fabric of the virus. If they're reproduced, these imposters ruin vital processes in COVID's ability to replicate and the virus dies. So antiviral drugs are common. They're prescribed for things like the common cold, even HIV. What's still not clear is who would be available to take the drug. Uh, it costs about $700 a dose. Oh, but stay tuned. Maybe no more shots. Pills, pills, pills. More pills. Happy pills. $700. Happy pills. All right. Thank you very much. Restoring our faith in humanity. Hey, we also want to thank... Uh, well, MG and the whole posse over there in Mission Control, they hit the buttons and make things happen. Our info producer, Miranda, who's on the other side of the double pane bulletproof glass. DJ Cheese working the ones and twos all morning long. Thank you, sir. And Nick Gale uh, continuing to stick around. Uh, done it all morning long. He's going to keep doing it. Mm-hmm. The news, the traffic, the weather, the information you need to know. Nick's bringing it to you. And it's up next right here on 890 WLS.